your Bibles, turn with me tonight to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter number five. I, I will say this to you. The book of Galatians is an amazing book. And it's not a long book, six chapters long. Um, and, and really, you could almost say that Galatians is kind of the Cliff Notes version of Romans. Uh, the, the book of Romans, Paul lays out that, that new covenant and all that that means unto us. And, and the book of Romans, is it's a thesis, Paul's thesis statement, if you will. Probably one of the most amazing documents of the the church uh, that would take place after the after the the life on this earth of Jesus Christ, uh, but the book of Galatians kind of encapsules a lot of that, and uh, and you you would do well to read that book, read the book of Galatians, study through this book because it has amazing things to say to us tonight. We're going to be in Galatians five, and we're going to begin down at verse twenty four. I'm just going to cover a couple of verses for you there, and, uh, and then we're, I'm going to talk to you out of this, and we're going to be looking at the topic of captured. Captured. That's what we're going to look at as we look through this. Galatians 5 and verse number 24. Galatians 5 verse 24 says, and those who are Christ, somebody say, are Christ. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Now, we talk often about, and, and that 25th uh, verse is possibly highlighted in your Bible or underlined if you write in your Bible or you have made some sort of note about that verse. We hear it often. It's used often. And then just before that, verses 16 uh, down through verse 23, we, we use that a lot because it, we look at the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. It is there that you will find the fruit of the Spirit. If you will back up a few verses to verse number 22, verse 23, you will read about the fruit of the Spirit that we should be living out and should be exhibited in the life of a believer. And then in verse 25, we find out that we, if we are living in the Spirit, then we should be walking in the Spirit. But verse 24 is what really grabs my attention for our study tonight. And we could look at all of those other things, and they are all vitally important. But for our purpose tonight, verse 24 is going to be the main verse. And those who are Christ. There's something about that statement that, that just shook me when I really grabbed a hold of that and was, was really studying this out. Those who are Christ. We, we, how many of you understand, if you are a believer, you are no longer your own? That's, that's what the word says. It's no longer I that lives, Paul would say, but it is Christ that lives in me. Paul often would even use terminology that is hard thing for us to understand in our culture today. It wasn't a hard thing for them to understand, but it would be terminology often that he would use that would almost be offensive in our world today. But Paul would write and he would say, I am a prisoner of Christ. I am a servant of Christ. I am a slave of Christ. I mean, everything about his life was he was 
Christ. And the word that grabbed my heart in this and, and my thought of this, if we are, then we, we have been captured by him. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. I, I feel like this is a, an issue in the church world of our day is we have a lot of confessors. We have a lot of people that say they are Christ. But it seems we don't have near enough that have truly been captured in their passions and in their desires by Christ. See, that's a, there is a difference there. He says, and those who are Christ, they have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. They, they have been so captured by Christ. They have been so caught up by Christ. They have been so radically changed. And Paul would say in the book of Romans, they, would, they have been so transformed. They have become new creations. Old things have passed away. All things become new. But, but what they have been captured so much so that they will crucify their flesh. They will put their flesh to death. When, when there is a choice of flesh living or living in the spirit, they will choose the spirit rather than the works of the flesh. This is the whole teaching here of Galatians 5 verse 16 through 26. They will, they will allow the fruit of the Spirit to come through them, and they will crucify the works of the flesh. They will put those down. They will let those die off. They will let go of those, and they will be captured by Christ in their passions and their desires. Now, there's three words that, that I want us to look at in that thought line real quickly, and those three words are simply the flesh and its passions and its desires. You need to understand this. Your flesh. How many know we are all flesh? Every one of us. Until the day either we lay this flesh down in death or until Jesus appears in the sky and the trumpet sounds and we are caught up to be with him. Until that day, we all are going to walk and live in flesh bodies. And so when we talk about crucifying the flesh, we're not talking about this literal flesh. We're not talking about this stuff, the skin stuff. We're not talking about that. That will be dealt with either a rapture or a death because it'll go back to dust as it was. We're not talking about that. What we are talking about is the flesh nature. And not only are all of us flesh... I mean, we are skin and we are bones. We have been made by God in, in that way. And, and not, but, but not only that, every one of us has a flesh nature. And that flesh nature is the fallen nature. It is the sin nature. Amen. It is what happened when fellowship with God was broken all the way back in the garden. Okay? And Adam and Eve... The, the best among all of us, because they were first among all of us. They were the closest to God that man has ever been outside of Jesus Christ. The, people say, well, boy, I wish I'd have been there. No, you don't. I don't wish you'd have been there. Because if, if you and I had been there, we'd had no shot. The best shot we had was Adam and Eve. <laughs> Amen. Right? I mean, it's easy to look down on other people, Right? They walked with God. They had no other history. They had no other. I mean, it, it, but when they fell, flesh nature now was sin nature. They had, they had yielded lordship. 
from God over their lives to their adversary. And the flesh nature now, the sin nature was, was now born in them. They were corrupted by that. And from that day until this day, every human being that is born outside of one, and his name was Jesus, outside of him, every human being was born with that sin nature. He was spotless and perfect. Jesus was. We are not. And so we are born with that. So therefore, now we, in flesh-natured people, we have to come to Christ. When we come to Christ in faith, with the finished work of Calvary, what he did on the cross, the blood that he shed that paid the price for sin, we are engrafted back in to the family of God in relationship with the Father. But now it is a daily walk that we have to choose to remain focused on Jesus or else that flesh nature that has been put down through Christ will rise back up. you got to understand that. When we talk about crucifying the flesh, it does not mean that's a one-time thing. If that was the case, then Jesus, when he died for sin... When we put faith in him, we would never be tempted again. We would never have anything that would ever that we would ever struggle with again. Because if we were in Christ, then and if that was the case, and the flesh nature was just crucified once and for all, we would all walk in perfect perfection. But that's not true. This flesh nature is still walking among the sin nature can is broken in Christ defeated through Christ but this flesh nature awaits an opportunity to rise amen so so we have to crucify the flesh those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is what gets us. And I'm, I'm going somewhere, so just bear with me a little bit. Because this flesh nature, the reason why it is so strong is because of its passions and its desires. That's what is lurking to rise. The passions and desires that dwell within that fallen nature. We put down that fallen nature, but passions and desires are still looking for opportunities to find ways to rise back up and, and resurrect a dead flesh nature. Amen. So you got to hear that, and you got to understand that. So we're going to try to learn what it means to truly be captured by Christ. And we're going to try to understand this in the realm of, of walking in the Spirit. And we're just going to see some things that I feel like the Lord wants us to hear. So the first thing that has to happen is we have to allow Christ. Christ has to capture our hearts. If we are going to be his, then he has to, be, he has to capture our hearts. He has to be the Lord of our life. It's in the heart that change occurs. And then it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks. And the actions will follow. And so when, when there is this wobbly walk of a believer, it's a heart issue. Do you understand? Your failure, and when you walk in failure, and, that, and those passions and desires of the flesh and the world begin to rise back up, it is always a heart issue first. Always. 
people say, well, I can't, I can't resist that temptation. It's just too strong. I just act before I even think. No, it's a heart issue. If you'll deal with the heart issue first, then you have the opportunity now to understand what to do with these passions and desires when they try to rise back up. Because, see, the flesh nature, while it is strong, it is overcome by Christ. And if you will walk in the Spirit, the Bible tells us, Ephesians tells us, you will not fulfill, the. Or I'm sorry, Galatians tells us, if you'll walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. And so once you understand and Christ has captured your heart and, and you are focused upon him, the Spirit of God will enable you to walk, amen, and not fulfill the lusts of your flesh. The sin nature, the flesh nature is strong, but Christ is greater. That's why John writes and says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Because Christ is greater. He has overcome. He has defeated. He has thrown down. Now, when we choose Christ, we choose to crucify that flesh. For we die with him in salvation. The picture of that is baptism. It's what Christ did when he died and they buried him in the tomb. That's the representation that we represent when we baptize and we take a person and we put them under the water. That represents dying to the old and when we bring them up, it represents the resurrection, that first fruits that Christ did on resurrection Sunday morning and, and we are representing we are now alive and so the flesh nature has been put down. We are alive in Christ but the only way we continue to walk in him is to now walk in the spirit and what does the spirit do well john teaches us that in, in that jesus said in john chapter 16 that the spirit has a purpose and that purpose is to convict and convince and rebuke and instruct but his purpose also is to always take what is of christ and point it out to us amen and so we now, as these new creatures, flesh being defeated, sin nature being put down, we focus on Christ, we fight to keep focus on Christ, and then the Spirit comes along and keeps pointing us to Him. That's why we have to be sensitive to the moving of the Spirit. Amen. And so, so this is the, the problem that most believers have. We get mentally saved. Amen. Because we feel guilty. Or because we want something better. Or because we would like to have the blessings of God. And so, as I was praying this afternoon over this, a, a thought came into my heart that I just couldn't shake. And I thought, well, Lord, it's Wednesday night. But this, this thought just kept rolling into my mind as I'm praying. And I want to say to you tonight, Please, 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 to all who have went their own way, to all who have, and, and I'm talking to people who had claimed Christ, but you've walked in your own path, you've walked in your own way, to all of those that have made their own decisions to walk the way they feel is right, to walk in your own way, that have walked through your own doors, that, that you have just done the thing, repent, and come back to God. Come back to his way through Christ. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, There is a way 
that seems right to a man. But the end of that way is death. It's destruction. There is a way. See, it, it, we've got too many that want to say, well, I'm a Christian, but I want to walk my own way. I want to live the way I want to live. I don't, I don't want to live under those restrictions that I see in the Word. I, I don't really believe that. I don't really think that really matters to do that. I, I want to say to you, there's something in me that has been in me all day that just wants to say to you, please, Get out of that way of thinking. Repent of that and come back to Jesus. Forget your way and come back to his way. Amen. I mean, we, we need that. We need, to, we need to come out of people say, well, that's just the path that, that I walk and you walk. It. No, no, no. There is a path. There is a way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said in Matthew 7 on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, there, the, there are two different ways. There is a broad way that leads to destruction and there is a narrow way that leads unto life. Amen. So we have to choose to take the narrow way. We have to choose to walk in the way of Christ. He has to capture your heart to where his way becomes the way you choose to walk. And if you will make that your faith decision, he will help you. The spirit will strengthen you and the path before you will begin to be enlightened and cleared out and your burden will be light and, 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 and you'll be able to rest on the journey. But if you keep trying to do it your way, you're only going to run into hardship, difficulty, mountains and valleys and curves that are going to throw you off, going to distract you. And what's going to happen is the passions and the desires of an old way of living will rise up again and the flesh nature will resurrect and you will find yourself in a situation that you are worse off than you were before because now you have added the issues that you have brought into what should have been this life in Christ. Amen. So come home. Come back to the way. Let God capture your heart. Let Christ capture your heart today. See, there is forgiveness, but you have to confess that you were doing it your way. You have to confess. You have to repent and come back. And so I, I really want you to hear that today. Let him capture your heart. Let him change you. But let, let that flesh nature be put down. And your focus be now upon Christ. That's why Colossians says, keeping your eyes upon Jesus. Setting your eyes upon him. And because it's with him. That's who you are. That's where you are. Look unto Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews tells us. And... And if we will do that, if we will focus on him, then we keep that flesh nature down and the passions and desires that are with it will not dominate us. So this is where we're going to go. 
Now, you got to allow, once you have allowed him to capture your heart, and your heart now has been turned, and you've been changed, and, and you're that new creature. 2 Corinthians 5 talks about that the old has passed away, and all things have become new. Once you once you become that person that Romans 10, 9 and 10 talks about, that, that you confess with your mouth, and you believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's the Son of God, that God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. Once that has happened in your life, now you are set on the right path. You are ready to walk forward. But now you must allow the Spirit of God to bring you into alignment with Christ. Alignment with Him. He, he will, he, the Spirit of God will point you in the directions now to the Word and to growth. In, in Galatians 4 and 19, Paul writes, My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. My little children. Paul's writing to people that have confessed Christ. They've come to know him. But he's saying, I'm laboring over you until Christ is formed in you. Our goal, our desire is to allow him to be formed in us. That, that we grow into him. Where the fruit of the spirit is what is being exhibited. He's brought us into alignment with him. Romans 12, 1 and 2 would say, that is the time that you are, you are not conformed to this world, but you have been transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. For you lay yourself on that altar, a sacrifice, to be useful for his kingdom. That's your reasonable service. And you've been transformed in your mind, not conformed any longer to the ways of this world. That's alignment. Say alignment. I want you to make sure, I want to make sure you're hearing me. That's alignment. I beseech you, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I urge you. I call to you. I, I, I earnestly ask you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies, your bodies, a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, we, we could go a lot of different places there, but let me just tell you this. Do you know what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is? I'll break it all down real easy for you. One word, Jesus. He's the good shepherd. He's the acceptable sacrifice. And he is the perfect plan of God for our lives. And the way we prove him in our lives, the way we exhibit him in our lives, the way we show out Jesus in our lives is when we have allowed him into our hearts and we have allowed him to align our ways of thinking, our passions and our desires. Amen. So now you got to let the spirit align you. Because here's the thing. Look at Galatians 5 with me. Galatians 5 verse 1. Where Paul is writing to the Galatian church and he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty bill which Christ has made you free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
Now, do you think he would have said that if that wasn't possible? I don't really see Paul as a guy that just says stuff to say stuff. Amen. I don't believe the word of God says stuff just to say stuff. I think it means something. It means that we can be entangled again with that yoke of bondage. So we have to stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. That new life, that new covenant, we have to stand in that. We have to be determined. We have to, we have to focus in that. We have to walk in that. We have to make decisions. You and I will face, make decisions every day regarding the liberty of Christ and how we walk in him. You and I make those decisions. We choose. We make, we, we make choices every day. Amen. So we got to stand fast because we can be entangled again. Do you, I don't know if you know this or not. And, and if you don't, you'll probably know it before too long. But do you know, even as a believer, you can still speak from your old nature rather than your new life. I'm sure none of y'all ever have that problem. But there's some people out there, you know, those other believers, they have an issue with that. They'll still speak sometimes out of that old nature rather than out of the new life in Christ. And here's the thing. The Bible tells us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? And so when we catch ourselves speaking out of that old nature, we got to check our heart. Because all of a sudden, maybe something else has captured our heart. Maybe some memory of an old nature has captured our heart for a moment. Amen. I've been telling you now for a while, the Lord has really been dealing with me about moments. About the importance of moments. The importance of of walking with Him and understanding the moments that we have. And I want to tell you, we need to become people that are aware of the moments with God every day. And we need to be people. I want to, in our world right now, you better be on guard 24-7. Because you are under attack 24-7. The new life in Christ is under assault and attack 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Satan is working overtime. His minions and his his demons that that are ruling and reigning in culture and in our world they are at work in everything imaginable amen they're at work through our televisions they're at work through our entertainment they are working through the music we listen to they are at work everywhere we are everything that's going on we are in an assault we need to be in in battle mode 24-7. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We're not fighting people, but we are fighting powers and principalities and spirits and wickedness that resides in high places. And the church just sleepwalks through like it's not really happening and our hearts are not captured by God and therefore we look and act no different than the world does. Come on now, now I'm a little bit stirred up. I think it was George I was telling today. I've been reading my devotional uh, reading life, as uh, if you will. Uh, hopefully, you have a devotional life. But I've been reading by Charles Finney. <laughs> I have a different reading pattern than most. I like old. 
I, I'll listen to new people on podcasts when I can hear them, but I don't, I don't read as much after them as I do some of the old, old ones. And I've been reading this devotional book that I've made a devotional book about how to experience revival by Charles Finney. I figure, hey, if, if anyone knew how to experience revival, it was probably Charles Finney. Because he's not talking about a week long of services. He's talking about a lifestyle of revival because Charles Finney probably was a man that walked in revival for an extended period of time longer than any other person that we've known in, in our world. He brought re- multiple and lengthy revival into the world and he understood. And so I've been reading that. And I want to tell you, that stirs my heart. <laughs> And so I'm a little bit stirred up tonight because that's kind of added fuel to the fire to what uh, I've come to share with you. But we've got far too many that have allowed their passions and desires to be stirred up of that old nature. Forget that old nature. I want to tell you, I have no desire to go back to who I used to be. I did enough stupid stuff. I don't need to keep doing it. I don't have fond memories of the stupid stuff. Come on, some of y'all need to hear that. I don't have fond memories of that. All the things that I did because I was trained up in the way of the Lord that I was supposed to know the right way to live and all the stupid stuff I did, all it did was after just a short time of pleasure, just like the Bible says, it brought condemnation and guilt and shame into my life. Amen. Hurt my family, hurt me, set me back on God's plan for my life. I don't have fond memories of that. That, we, We need to put that down and we need to leave that in the past. There are far too many Christians that they can tell you all about the stupid stuff they did in the world, but they can't say three words for what Jesus has done for them. Amen. Where's our heart? Mm, Your passions and desires, if they rise back up, they're going to resurrect that flesh nature, and you're going to find yourself back in that yoke of bondage. And we got far too many in churches that come week after week, but they're living in that yoke of bondage that the flesh, the sin nature brought to them. Man, you're not going to counsel it out? I believe in biblical counseling. It's got purpose. It's got place. It's, got, it, it's very needful in situations. It's not what I'm saying. But you're not going to counsel out that old nature. Amen. The only thing that's going to get rid of that is faith in Jesus Christ. And your heart being captured by him. And if those things are alive and well in you, you need to get your heart captured by Christ. You need to check your heart. And we are in a battle. So we got to live like we're in a battle. Here's the thing. We want to know what to do. Next week I'm going to come and I'm going to talk to you about, but we've got to be before we can do. I don't, I don't remember the ministers I've heard. I think I've heard Robert even say it. I, I heard other ministers say it. We are, we are not human doers. We are What? We are human beings. We have to learn who we are. We have to be before we can do. Then we have to do. There are things we have to act out and we have to walk in, but first we have to be. And we have to understand, who are you? What, where is your heart? Who has captured your heart? We are beings before we are doers. 
James would say, be doers of the word, but you've got to be in Christ before you can be a doer of the word. Don't just be a hearer. Let him capture your heart and be a doer. Come on now. So we gotta we gotta come understand that and we gotta realize that. So we have to be. And and here's the problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this and then I'll stop for tonight. Romans chapter 10 lays out a problem for us. And verse 14. Romans chapter 10, verse 14, because remember, we gotta learn to be in Christ. We gotta let our lives be in Him, and we gotta let the passions and desires of the flesh be laid aside. But here's what Romans 10 14 says. How are they gonna call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear unless somebody preaches to them? Man. So so if we're going to be, somebody's got to start preaching. Amen? Somebody's got to start preaching this word. I could stand up here and do a lot of things. Well, let's just learn how to be better people on our job. Or let's just learn how to do this and do that. But I'll tell you, that's not my assignment. My assignment is to stand up here and preach what the Word says to you. Teach what the Word says to you. Because that's how you're going to be who Christ has called you to be. First of all, that's how you're going to believe in Him. It's by the foolishness of preaching. It's by the foolishness of of people standing up sharing the Word of God about this life change that we're all walking out. It's the foolishness of preaching that will bring people unto salvation. But in our world today, what people want the least about the kingdom of God is preaching. Amen? Teaching. That's that's like the lowest thing on the priority of a believer. Amen. And, and, And so therefore, we run into the problem. The problem is, we don't get the word Statistically, Christians are not reading their word. Amen. I'm not, I don't know your reading habits. So I'm, if, if you're being called out right now, it's because the Lord's calling you out and you know it. It's not me. I don't know your reading habits. But statistically, we're not reading the word. At one point, the statistic I heard for a believer was they average about a minute a day. I want to tell you. When you're under attack 24-7, you need more word than a minute a day. Amen. Yeah, right. So it's like having a butter knife when you need a sword. That's, that's really good, yeah. We, we're not, we, so we're not hearing the word. We're not, we, we come to church to our gatherings, and we're not preaching the word. I hope, I hope that's not happening here at River Life. Don't believe it is. I'm doing my best to preach the word, teach the word. But we gather together in our church. I, amen. I did. I blame Charles Finney. He's got me stirred up. We gather together, and and we we just come together for social gatherings, status, and so we can be good people, and 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 we can make connections, and. We can do all this different stuff. We can feel good about ourselves, and, and, and then we can go home. But if we're not hearing the Word, 
And if the word is not getting into our heart, and if we're sowing seed, uh, one thing that Charles Finney said in his book, he said, here's the problem. If you're not, if you're not uh, uh, breaking up the fallow ground of your flesh, he said, if you're not doing that with repentance and prayer, then, then anything that God pours upon you, he said, if it rains and snows on hard ground that's not been cultivated, it just gets harder and clumps up more. See, we got to break up the fallow ground of our lives so that we can receive the engrafted word of God. And, and we need to become like, like the people of Samaria in Acts 8, that it said when they went there and preached the word to them, their hearts were opened. They received the word of God with gladness, and a whole city was brought to the Lord. Amen. But you got to, the word's got to go out. We got to be word people. And it's not just behind the pulpits. We have to be word people. Your family, your kids are going to hear you much more than they're going to hear me. Speak the word to them. Your families are going to hear you much more than they're going to hear what's said in a church. Speak the word. Amen. Well, and so... We, we have to hear. We've got a problem. If we're not hearing, then we can't believe. Man. If all we're doing is getting up and preaching what other people say and what other people send out because it sounds cute and looks good and everything's already prepared out and we're not really praying over it and it's not really a word for our people. We're just sharing what somebody... Not, then... then, then, then Amen. Then we're we're not going to be able to be the people God wants us to be. We we've got to be hearers of the word, and by hearing, then we can believe. But how are they going to believe on Him that they've not heard enough about? Romans ten and sixteen says, "But they have not all obeyed the gospel." For Isaiah says, "Lord, who has believed our report?" Only believers can become obedient. Only believers, and so you got to get the process right. Now, we're going to spend next week, and we're going to talk about what we need to be so that we can do the work of the gospel of Christ that he's called each of us to do. we got to have our hearts captured so we can be who God called us to be. Stand to your feet with me tonight. I pray something will just grab a hold of us. The Lord just, I mean, we've been through all sorts of series. We've been through sanctification. We've been through all sorts of series on Wednesday nights. But I feel like the Lord's after our hearts. He said, I want to capture your heart. I want to claim you. Because I got things for you to accomplish. I may believe you got something that the Lord wants you to accomplish. Amen. Do you know we're all people of purpose? And if we're God's people, then we can be on the path to his purpose. And so we got to have him capture our heart so that we can combat. And that we're, when we understand the things we need to be, we're going to be able to understand how to put down passions and desires so that then we can do what God calls us to do. That's where we're going with this. So just come back, be a part next week, or watch online or whatever you need to do. Let's pray.
Father, we come to you tonight. Awaken something in us, Lord. Awaken that longing in our heart. Christ. For that relationship. Put a hunger in us. Your word tells us, Father, that they who hunger and thirst to righteousness, they'll be filled. Or put a hunger in us, put a desire in us, capture our hearts for Christ. Let the work that Christ has accomplished, that saving grace, that new covenant in the shed blood of Jesus, let it wash over us and cleanse us from all sin and filthiness, but let him capture our hearts that the crucified flesh could be laid down with its passions and desires and we could walk in this new life in the spirit. Father, shake us and stir us and awaken us and help us. We can only determine for ourselves. But as we determine for ourselves, we open ourselves up for you to use us to reach out to others. So, Lord, that is our desire tonight. So we give our lives, we give our hearts, get out of our paths, and we walk in yours. And we ask now that your spirit would lead us and guide us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.